Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the campaign of action on the Anyone for Seconds podcast. I'm doing the intro this time, apparently, because Matt is unable to. My name is Dave, and over there, as I said, is Matt, but Matt gives a wave or an audio wave or something. I just waved. Did you see it? Um, yes, given that we are Excellent. remotely recording today. Yes. That was one of the most action-packed waves I have ever done. There was grenades going off, gunfire. Was um, it really? It, it, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, yeah, we're recording remotely today because Dave's decided to come down with Plague. I have set him some homework to watch some movies. I'm not sure if he has. Um, have you completed your homework assignment of watching a certain Stallone film? Yeah, what the fuck was that you made me watch? <laughs> I made you watch Cobra, made by Canon Films. Yeah, yeah, it was, oh, it was definitely something. I have no context as to why you wanted me to watch that glorious piece of shit. Reasons that will become clear. So very clear. I I hope so, because that was the biggest waste of an hour and a half. <laughs> You say a waste of time, but it's another Warner Brothers classic. And if you, do you want to have a guess at a meta score? It was like ten or something stupid. I'm pretty sure I looked it up. It's twenty five. Sure. Though Variety did say Cobra is a sleek, extremely violent, and exciting police thriller. Sure, because I started to read up about it as well, and it was like apparently he was, Stallone was cast in Beverly Hills Cop or something, and then he yes. rewrote the script to cut out all the humour, and then the studio went, no, we don't, we don't want that. So then he rewrote the script again for his own means or something. And I was like, okay, yep. sh- sure, you you do you, Stallone. Yep, he also um, basically directed Cobra. The the director they had on board, he basically directed everything for him. Act like acted like a pompous prick on set. Was shagging Br- Brigitte Nielsen the whole time, and I'm not sure if that was whilst they're in a relationship or whilst she was in a relationship with someone else before she then moved on to director Tony Scott. So again just before or just after the era of Beverly Hills Cop 2 it literally he was acting like a, such a child on set and Cobra is the result of that I, I so, believe that yeah you know it's kind of at the height of he in between Rambo's and Rocky films he thought it was untouchable and then he made a piece of shit like that but come on now do you not think of him getting home opening his box of pizza and cutting it with a pair of scissors to eat it was just superb the the man's demented and and that's not the only thing wrong with that scene given that the apartment just looks i i don't even know what what was going on with that apartment but no no man or woman or person should inhabit that place because because my word yeah, it it's it's one of those very special films that is just um, terrible on so many different fronts. It's canon. It, it, we say more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of says you can see why they didn't hang around for too much longer after after the eighties. 
Um, but no, there is a reason why I wanted you to watch that film. And we shall now get into that reason. I have before me, on a watch party, a film from 1991 known as Stone Cold, which I have sent you an invite to. Okay. Um, well, before before we jump into that, what exactly are we doing this week? Because you've not really told me anything. You just went watch Cobra, and I and I watched Cobra, and I regret re- watching Cobra. But sure. I wanted you to watch Cobra because of this next film, and it will become apparent as we watch this film as to why. There are some things to to watch out for in this film, such as explosions occurring before crashes, before think guns are even fired, things are exploding, all of the timing and special effects are off, and they just didn't reshoot, they left it in. The villain is a standout, and most importantly, this is a film I have not seen. Um, I have seen clips of it, on Best of the Worst from Red Letter Media and I went, well fuck me there's an action film I need to see <laughs> what we're going to do in, in in this episode is I wanted to watch something I've not seen I wanted then to throw out a classic or let's call it a more old fashioned action film and then I may show you something more modern, conversely I may just show you in a random assortment of action films depending on how the afternoon progresses just because I fucking can how does that sound but what I've lined up is Stone Cold from 1991 which again is a film I haven't seen but everything's absolutely awful about it based on what I saw on Best of the Worst so it's ticking action movie boxes for me and the early 90s was that kind of direct to VHS era where everybody was going oh we're just churning out action movies we can literally just cast a muscly dude in a lead role I believe the actor is actually like a pro footballer or previous footballer or someone from the NFL or something along those lines. Um, it's kind of one of those sort of odd films. And I just want you to see what happens when studios are left without any kind of um, common sense or direction. Just things happen. Oh. Oh. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to this I I think good so I've literally got no idea what this is you've got no idea what this is so I guess the only thing we can do really is just jump into it and just yeah I I have a fair idea of what this is I just I know there's going to be a lot of stupidity and again it's that kind of era where you think we had Van Damme leaving cinemas to direct to VHS Steven Seagal is about to come up with his one good film before becoming <laughs> full on Steven Seagal. The Brotherhood. They're an underworld on wheels. They answer to no law. They live by one rule. God forgives. The Brotherhood doesn't. There's only one man tough enough and crazy enough to take them on. You just put up the wrong passenger, buddy. He's an undercover cop doing a good job with a bad attitude. Dangerous. 
on the wrong side of the law, he'll leave you stone cold. Brian Bosworth, he's the outsider on the inside. He's turning up the heat. He'll burn you. So there you go. That's an Oscar award-winning film right there. <laughs> you are on crack, sir. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Did you not think that was a brilliant film in every possible way? That is one of the worst films I have ever seen, but my God, I had a fucking blast. <laughs> That's not one of the worst films you've ever seen, that not is, by a long shot. Honestly, that... I've seen some of the shite you watch. <laughs> Honestly, that is one of the worst films I have ever seen, from pointless explosions to just dummies. Like, the majority of the budget must have just gone on, like, stuffed dummies to just chuck out windows and stuff. Or just money to just dress them up differently. That was was ridiculous. Oh, uh, undoubtedly. So can you see why I had you watch Cobra? Yeah, so... Cobra started off in a shopping mall, shopping uh, in a supermarket, right? This one started off in a supermarket, and it was just utterly ridiculous where he takes down the bad guys with a shotgun because, sure, why be subtle when you can blast everyone with a shotgun? Pretty much, and it's followed same ilk yeah for him to then become you find out that he is so the main guy his name is joe joe huff and he's on a suspension for for reasons um the 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 cops then basically blackmail him into take into going undercover to take down a biker kang which is short. Yep. Oh, was that what the plot was? I right. Think, okay. I think that was the plot. <laughs> right. I'm not. Well, you forget the sequence where he also goes back to his apartment and feeds his pet um, iguana slash komodo dragon. That's very reminiscent of Cobra, where he goes back to the his very nice apartment that's a shithole. <laughs> very much the same here. It's like the start of his film is. So clearly inspired and similar to Cobra, it's you say inspired, I say lovingly ripped off, not even lovingly, downright ripped off. Yeah, downright ripped off, undoubtedly. So, yeah, did do, do you see what I mean about the explosions happening before impacts just constantly? Like when he unhitched the trailer before it hit the petrol station, yeah, it was exploding before it hit it. <laughs> Also, where they must have just let the stunt coordinator just go off his hook, where there was repeated bike crashes where they exploded. And I was really disappointed in the one time where a bike crashed and the guy didn't explode. I was so upset at that. He did a flipsy-dopsy over the handlebars, which is probably the most realistic bit of the entire film. (laughs) But he should have been on fire. He should have been on fire, yes. So I, I, I looked up a wee bit of trivia. It is trash of the highest order as a biker as a person who rides a bike can i just state for the record (laughs) if you hit a car head on like that 
that there is a you 90% chance it will not explode. <laughs> it is very rare it explodes yeah. like that. That's <laughs> what I'm hearing is there is a chance. <laughs> I mean, yes, there is a slight chance, but not every single time. Oh, not to mention, we, we, we've not even addressed the elephant in the room, which is Lance fucking Unrickson. Yeah, so that was going to be my bit of trivia. Uh, okay, he, he just appears in all of the trash. He he just has no morals. Oh, he loves it. He he he, he loves the trash. What point did he, where, did he go, yeah, I'm just going to star in trash from now on? I think that was his whole career. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but but my trivia for him is apparently, and it's called into IMDb, so it's probably not true. He wrote pretty much every line of dialogue for every scene he was in, for his character. So all of those random one liners he was coming out with is just Henriksen the whole way, and sure. I find that incredibly plausible. Sure, why not? Yeah. Oh no, it's like. It's a dumb film, it's brilliant, and the fact that the baddie wins kills all five of the Supreme Justices or whoever they were. Oh god, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't you see that, that? That they basically won, so now they're martyrs. Yeah, I saw I saw him take down the, the chief um district attorney, whatever he was, that we're gonna crack the whip. The whip has been cracked. Yeah. And yeah, I generally hadn't thought of that. Everyone's praising him, going, "Good job, man. Good, good job, Joe. Good job." And then, good job, yeah, Joe. Like ninety-nine percent of the people you were there to save were brutally. Everybody murdered. was dead. <laughs> Everybody like, dead. Like the hostage takers were dead. The the hostages were dead. Everybody there was dead. But it's okay, because we had subverted the expectation at the end of the film, where instead of fading to black when he walks out, out of the um the Congress, he just keeps building, walking. It kept following him while the credits were rolling. It kept following him. I honestly thought he was going to walk home to his apartment, and we we're going <laughs> to see the Komodo dragon again. I was like, why is no one stopping him? He's dressed like a biker. Why is no one stopping him? He's dressed as a biker. He is clearly in a state of some distress <laughs> with blood and and soot yeah. and, and just general nastiness all over him. Why has no one stopped this man? Please stop this man. You are letting a potential witness get away. Oh, absolutely. Like, um... Just because he made it out of the building, like he goes past cops, he goes past army people, yeah. uh, members of the media, literally no one tries to stop him or or look a bit worried about him at all. And I'm like, so what? Did you all know he's an undercover cop? <laughs> or just go, no, he's too cool to shoot. Like, <laughs> made no sense. Did you did you clock the second connection to the Terminator franchise? So your first connection is Lance Henriksen from Terminator One. But did you clock the biker who Arnie steals the clothes from in Terminator 2? No. At the start of the film? No. You didn't? No. Oh, for fuck's sake. Did? <laughs> yeah, he was like one of the, the six main bikers. Oh, he was the one sake. that um, Joe shoots out the window. He's at the window going, 
Oh, I've got hostages. Anyone comes in here, I'll kill you. Oh, him. Oh, and he, he gets shotgun fun. blasted out the window and hits a car. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, fun. he's the guy that the the Arnie steals his clothes. Oh, I didn't know that. Your okay, clothes, sure. your boots, and your motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. So it's your second Terminator, I think. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was trash of the highest order. Hmm. I enjoyed it. Oh, the other thing as well, which I liked, and was kind of left field. I should have saw coming, but I didn't see coming. Was the potential love mm. interest Lance Henriksen yeah. shoots her in the head, kills her? <laughs> I was like, "What uh, is this?" Yeah, it's, it's it's quite literally like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to help you. We'll stay stay undercover and that," and then just gets fridged straight straight away yeah. as soon as that's real. I'm like, "Okay, that's pretty cool." I was like, "Okay, that that's something original that this film has done, finally," and. Mm. Oh, and maybe the the pet iguana eating uh, a blended. I don't know if that's what iguanas eat. It, uh, no, that is not a healthy diet for iguanas. Eggs, Snickers bars, and a banana. I don't know what else. Eggs yeah, and, and eggshells. Sure, yeah, you don't really get Snickers growing on trees. N- no, um, where, <laughs> no. Uh, the Komodos. Oh, uh, sriracha. That, that's it was sriracha shorts as well. Mm. Oh, well, there we are then. So, do you want to have a guess at the meta score? Because I've, I've popped up on screen now. Terrible, 29. It is actually 42. So this Fuck has a higher off. rating than Cobra. Fuck off. I mean, it is more enjoyable than Cobra, as sacrilegious as that might be. <laughs> okay. Um, Because Cobra literally stops dead after about the first 10-15 minutes which kind of this does as well but at least you've got pointless explosions to keep you going so sure yeah the Global Mail Toronto one is inclined to say Stone Cold is unadulterated trash with no pretensions to art which means that judged by the criteria of simple minded action movies it's not half bad delivering a formulaic goods on time and on budget there you go that's your most positive review right there that's basically how I feel about that entire experience. Mm. It was absolute garbage and absolute trash of the highest order. And I laughed through the yeah. majority of it for the wrong reasons. So, yeah, I would give that a solid 8 out of 10. <laughs> 8 out of 10, really? Yeah, give it a solid. Well, it was, it was shit, but it was knowingly shit. And that is probably the best kind of shit to be honest yeah okay I'm just going to have a quick google at what the budget was uh, and box office not not a lot I would imagine well I think it must have had a lot of money for the amount of explosions I think you could probably get away with that um... oh there you go budget 25 million what? Yeah, it had a twenty-five million dollar budget, budget, but fortunately, only made nine million. Well, that's just rather unfortunate. Mm. And I can confirm, as I alluded to earlier, that the lead actor Brian Bosworth, nicknamed the Boz, is a former f- American football player for the NFL. For fuck's sake! He was kind of giving um... off. Rowdy Roddy Piper energy in They Live, but nowhere near as good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 
it's like they were trying to like style and style him in a particular way but he was disappointing consistently yes uh, you can tell from like the poster art it, it's made to look like a terminator kind of thing that he's playing more of a um stallone style character if you can call that acting <laughs> I, um, I don't know what it was but it was it was mostly gurning i yeah. think yeah yeah pretty much like <laughs> so do you have any closing thoughts for stone cold um i want to see that get remastered in 4k and put out on the criterion collection please because i will buy it it <laughs> 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 was fucking awful oh, but dear. i was surprised how awfully good it was ah there you are then i did a thing so you did a thing well done that's that that was very lowbrow so it's very in fitting and in keeping so I'm happy with that. See, I'm good at I'm good at action films now. Yeah. I've learnt. Excellent, he's learning. So I have permission for us to watch another movie film. Okay. And I've decided the theme this week is randomness. So good. I have potentially eleven different films to choose from. Jesus Christ. So we're gonna go into bulletproof monk now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, like I say, we're literally going, we're literally going sort of all over the place in terms of randomness, because I've worked out the next three films for our next session, which are going to be more modern ones, okay. leading up to the finale. But today, it's just uh, random luck of the draw. Random and luck I of the draw, even, and we can see the and, we see the evolution of of action throughout the ages. Yeah, and I may still send you a random one to watch just for giggles afterwards as well. Oh no. I've seen Bulletproof Monk before. I think it's definitely one of those that we had on DVD X Rental, I want to say. Yes. I remember Chow Yun Fat and Sean William Scott. He's like Sean William Scott's like learning kung fu from like the old Bruce Lee movies. Hang on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. Is this is this technically a Bruce Lee exploitation movie? Well, I don't know because he he says he's um because it's all about um fulfilling the prophecy and it's like fi- fighting under cranes and. Must study That's in the right. house of. That's right. Study in the, study in the house of Sankarava, and it's like, it was random little things like that. But no, I remember quite enjoying this, but it would be interesting to see how it holds up. Um, how it holds up, because I do remember who the villain was, at the end, um, uh, which is always quite amusing. Yeah, I vaguely recall it as well. It's not good. Mm. <laughs> I will be interested to see how this um, holds up, so... Yeah. Yeah, yes. from 2003. Oh, dear. Oh, yes. Right. I'll rejoin you in a moment. He has no name. And he protects an ancient secret. The scroll must never fall into the wrong hands. Now he has come... The strangest place on earth. 
This is America. We don't have enlightenment here. We have strip clubs, Las Vegas, and HBO. Got it? No. To fulfill the prophecy, you must learn the unity of opposites, immobile and stationary. I have no idea what you just said. He must find the one to take his place. What the hell are you looking at? You're just so damn beautiful. The one entrusted with the power must do anything to protect it. All you have to do is believe. Believe what? The laws of gravity don't exist? If you truly believe that they don't, then they don't. Show off. Thank you. This spring. Who the hell are you? You should be asking yourself who you are. One destiny ends. We'll find the squirrel. It's only a matter of time. They're never going to stop until they get me. And another begins. You can't do this alone. I can help. Bulletproof Monk. A little quick kiss in you, don't you? So how was that? Bulletproof Monk is not good, is it? I <laughs> oh, see. I quite enjoyed that. I thought that was all right. Um, here's here's my thing, right? Is I remember watching right. that when, like, when that came out in two thousand three or whatever. It's definitely a product of its time, and I genuinely can't believe that got a cinema release at any point at all. Okay, I'm surprised by that. Because I thought that was quite good. I think a cinema release was well deserved. Who doesn't want to see a Nazi get beat up? I'm <laughs> sure, sure. I say that because it's so schlocky and B movie. It kind of really surprises me that that got a cinema release, given how it's basically a love letter to all of you know these old kung fu movies that come before it and it's a real love letter to that the fact that there's a fucking Nazi is a bad guy as well that's hiding in the human rights organisation building yeah just like real life <laughs> of course um, Nazis are going to be based out of there like most of the fighting was okay there were moments where I was like this is very Charlie's Angels waifu wise I was like mm, bit hit and miss but the Nazis proved themselves to be evil quite efficiently um, I, I would have had Chow Yun Fat not speak any English at all I would have had him speak just full on in Cantonese the whole time okay I think I think given it's 2003 so it's a couple of years after The Matrix as well it's kind of trying hard to be a homage to The Matrix because there's certain yeah. shots and certain things in that that really kind of lent heavily towards that again with kind of the slow motion bits where he's dodging bullets along with yeah. a lot of the wirefoo stuff which is obviously a it's a reference back to, you know, Wu Chi and stuff like that back from, you know, the 60s and 70s and such like. 
but the fact that they're doing that as well but it's more it's more over the top in this than say it is in uh like some of the older older kung fu movies that we've we've watched even like it's more over the top than like kung fu hustle and stuff like that in places i mean there's a part where he jumps over a car using a cgi model really really bad cgi model that i kind of guffawed at lands on top of a car grabs two guns like he's in bloody hard-boiled or or the killer you know Mm. that's kind of the shooting you know, like he's in Bloody Stranglehold, which I guess is the John Woo influence, because I did see it was um, produced by John Woo. That kind of makes sense. Mm. But I'm curious if that was just a, we'll give you a producer credit, just so you don't sue us kind of thing, or to try yeah. and get some credibility. Like I do know this is based off a comic book series. Mm. Um so I'm curious now how badly the source material was was uh, butchered but yeah probably inspired by the Matrix like the girl di- didn't have guns lots of guns she had Semtex lots of Semtex yes <laughs> um, we were sort of saying how terrible Jade was consistently like acting wise and weird facial expressions oh yeah she's she's absolutely um, god awful probably the worst thing in that entire film i mean she's and the trying, other thing we i think the other thing we were pondering is why would you go sean william scott stifler rather than someone else literally he would have done two american pie movies and then would have been in this as your leading man you're like it's a really odd choice hmm but I couldn't think of anyone who I would have cast instead. I think with the material given, he's fine, but that's only because he plays up the the cocky kind of sidekick, which I think is the role that he's kind of been kind of pigeonholed into. It's kind of interesting that they didn't, that a lot of Hollywood saw, not necessarily saw this and thought, he would be a great action lead. You know, because I think some of the stuff he does is quite good. Whether that's him or not, I don't know. But he certainly sells it. But yeah, he's a very, very strange choice. And I'm not quite sure why. I guess, again, Mm. like you said, he was coming off the back of, like, the American Pie movies. And I want to say Welcome to the Jungle with The Rock. That might have even been after this. It's kind of a messy period. Although he does some action in that, he doesn't necessarily... He still has the cocky sidekick role in that as well. So it's mm. it's weird that they cast him in these action movies, but then they didn't have him as the bankable name. Because as well, you think he's in Evolution around the yeah. same time although that's not really an action movie it has action elements along with its sci-fi and he's doing the same thing again he's playing the cocky sidekick you know caca caca took it took it you know I think we've established that kaka kaka and tuki tuki don't work. 
Right. Sorry. Undoubtedly. Yeah, doing all that bullshit in the mall, but also it's kind of strange because he's built like a traditional action star. In, certainly in Bulletproof yeah. Monk, you can tell he bulked up for it. I think he was even. I think he was even like that in the American Pie films. I think he had always kind of been um, of that that sort of um, mm. that sort of ilk. So no, um, I know he's always been lean, but he definitely looked bulkier in that. Uh, true, could be just certain lighting and shots. Mm. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that this was the one and only film the director, Paul Hunter, directed. Everything else he ever did before and after this were music videos. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Clearly, um, he didn't do well enough to get another job. Had a budget of $52 million, only grossed $37 million worldwide. $52 Did not million. do well. Where did it go? All those CG effects. But there wasn't know, many. Uh, yeah, but that's where it went. I refuse to believe that. Chow Yun Fat must have taken hell of a paycheck for that then. And Sean William Scott. Well, maybe a percentage of it went on buying the rights, paying John Woo, paying oh, all yeah, these other people for, I, for things and that. It doesn't show on screen at all, whatsoever. No, definitely not. I still think that was thoroughly enjoyable. I think, I think if you watch it as B movie schlock, there is there is a lot to get from it, but it's not memorable because I kind of sat there watching it, thinking, "Well, this happens." Oh no, hang on, no, that's not right. And I think it plays on the tropes and such of of like old kung fu cinema a bit too much, a bit too heavily. It's more reliant on that as opposed to trying to do something new it's very derivative of itself and it kind of shows even with the whole reveal that oh it was the two of them it's kind of supposed to be a rug pull but it's like signposted that was just lazy it's really clunkily done and I don't think in the universe that explanation would make sense no uh, that didn't track no, uh, no definitely like, not. Uh, I, I definitely said he was playing fast and loose with the rules at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not um, going down. Well, based on that, then, do you want to guess a meta score or Metacritic dot com? Um, given that the director never did anything again, <laughs> it's not going to be a lot, and it barely made any money. Uh, probably going to be like forty. 344 it was a 40 yeah yeah no that that tracks it's fine it's entertaining but it's nothing special necessarily the Washington Post gave it a 50 and said it's one of those movies that borrows from everywhere yeah 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 I, I believe that yeah it's pretty poor yeah they're all just kind of one liners just berating it really but I think it was perfectly serviceable sort of had enough going for it to hook me in wasn't overly long and I also like to see Nazis get the shit beat out of them that just always helps yeah no no it's always nice to see a Nazi get punched in the face every now and again I think so do you have any final thoughts for Bulletproof Monk then? 
No, I think I've basically pretty much covered it all. It's fine. It's fine. It, it's, it's not fine. Right. It's nothing special. It's just fine. I think that sums up the early two thousands in general, though. What it was, it was fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing too special about it. Nothing too offensive. It was kind of just, just fine, really. Yeah. No, I think that's. I think that's completely fair. I think because you could have spent no budget on CG. I would have ditched all of that city CG stuff and then just gone more heavily on the martial arts and just had him be yeah. really quick or go a lot more that way rather than all the unnecessary spinning and that I probably would have grounded it more that yeah. way perhaps mm. but there we are but the, you're so curious going you adapted what is clearly one of the last comic books from that series where it talks about him being harassed and chased by his Nazi for 60 plus years is that not a more interesting film? True True, there are a lot Why of things not? that could have done different, but there you well, go. there we are then. A very middling, early 2000s film. Oh god, I've just had a thought. Um, What the hell are we going to watch next? Oh, hang on, wait, 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 wait. I've got one of those funky wheels that we can use, yeah? We'll, we'll do that, hold on, let me just uh, load it in, hang on. Or the Wheel of Fortune, or the legally different Wheel of Fortune has spun, and we have settled on 2008's Never Back Down. Have you ever seen this film? Never heard of it, never seen it, no idea. Superb. So, I have seen this, I saw this at the cinema, and at the time, 2008, being a very long time ago, I quite enjoyed it. Because it was violent and actiony and dumb plot. So this could be on a rewatch. I'm like, oh my lord, this is one of the worst films ever made. It could be is decidedly average. It could also be one of the worst films ever made. It's going to be hard to tell, really. So I can give you a plot synopsis. Basically, a little schoolboy is very good at tennis so he goes to a new tennis school but his big brother our protagonist has to move school as well everybody there are are basically mma expert specialists and he's just a boxer so he does a training montage to then fight them all in a nightclub because that's what they do at this new school and that's the film it's the karate kid that that's what that's what i'm hearing is it's the karate kid having just had that the teachers of a different ethnicity as well so that actually tracks quite well so yeah it's the karate kid but he's not a kid he's he's a 30 year old playing a 18 year old or something along those lines just like the karate kid <laughs> yeah again just like the karate kid yeah um would you like to have a guess at a meta score or any sort of do you want to guess at a budget and potential box office prior to going into this? Going 2008, MMA is really popular, UFC's on TV, this had a cinema release, and it spawned two sequels which follow side characters 
And I think a third sequel is due to be filmed or released very soon. Good lord. Well, considering I've never heard of it, I... Mmm. Mmm. I don't know. I really don't know. It's hard to tell. Are the sequels straight to video, or are they... Pretty sure they were. I, I never saw them advertised at a cinema, so I think it's going to be straight to video, oh. slash streaming, slash... Well, actually, I imagine the first one must have been to a DVD, because it's that kind of era. Maybe the second sequel is straight to streaming. Oh, good. I'm going to really enjoy this, then. I remember it being quite good, but again, I don't know if that's me... Being notably younger, also being into UFC and going, yeah, they're doing UFC things. I'm not sure, but I, I do know the main bad guy is actually has actually got a black belt and Krav Maga and is and can actually fight. So it's not like some terrible stunt double kind of thing for some of the fights. It's it's pretty good. There are a couple faces in there you'll recognise. One of them playing the main dude's new friend. One of them you'll see and go, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. But I won't spoil that surprise until the film starts. <laughs> oh good. Oh good. Oh good. I'm looking forward to this then. This will be this will be a good one. Because like I say, you've not seen it in a couple of years. I've never even heard of it, so we're on to a winner. Oh yeah. It'll either be really good or not so good or just somewhere in the middle. And and from 2008, I, I have little hope. Well, time will tell. Around here, when the lights go down, the real action begins. Ready! Get But for newcomer Jake Tyler... Mr. Tyler, there's this party tonight. See you there. Yeah. In this world, you can't get much better than this. You don't get to choose your battles. You ready? Get the hell out of here, man. I'm not fighting. What the hell are you doing here? Now for the bad news. It's gotta end. The only time you're happy is when you're hurting people. What are you gonna do about it? Jake, wait. I'm gonna stop this guy. People who come here for the wrong reasons, they never last. I'm a quick learner. Everyone up. What do I do? Learn quickly. It's not just you, Jake. Everyone has their fight. You can do what I can never do. What it comes down to, either backing out or you're getting in. Never back down, come on. Away and giving up are not the same thing. Good. Because I'm not doing either one. This is my fight. Everyone's got one. We have just watched Never Back Down, aka No Retreat, No Surrender 7, aka <laughs> The Karate Kid 9. Well, that was the most 2000s, 2000s movie that I've ever 2000. Oh, wow. I thought, thought it was, yeah. It was terrible. That's what it was. <laughs> See, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, for God's sake. I kind of went in thinking, <laughs> all right, there's not going to be a lot to it. And then I was kind of watching it. 
and I was like, the main guy, he's an asshole. His friend, yep, who baits him into an even bigger asshole. He's a bigger asshole. The yep. mum, she's an asshole. The enemy's an asshole. Amber Heard's an yeah. asshole. Yeah, she's like top asshole. They're all they're all just assholes. There was no one. Arguably, the only likable person in that entire movie is um, the trainer, which I believe is Jimon Dijman uh, Hounsman. Yeah, Dijman Hounsman, and he doesn't really do absolutely. A lot. No, he just turns up and is awesome, and then leaves. Mm. Um, quite literally, think it did what it said in the tin. Never back down. Even when it's ridiculously stupid to proceed and you're risking to prison for potentially killing people in street fights. Yeah, why yeah. why why are a load of high school kids basically taking part in teenage fight club? I don't know that they weren't allowed to talk about it. Why why is no one stopping them? <laughs> why is no no none of the parents questioning why they've why their children have got bruises and like cuts and grazes all over their faces? Oh, well, that's covered. That all of their parents are extremely rich and wealthy, except protagonist guy, and none of them care about their children at all. I mean, yes. And then on top of that, why is some underground, not even underground, why is some club in the middle of the city putting on a fighting tournament with with a lack of proper procedure and letting like high school kids fight in that it just kind of i don't i don't, I don't yeah. get it <laughs> well it's it's up there with a whole town banning dance in terms of odd concepts but i still quite enjoyed it i was kind of surprised because i was like i don't know why but it know. kind of appealed to me and i don't know if it was the fighting or the training or a little bit of philosophy that Dijmon um, puts out I really don't know how to pronounce your name very sorry I'm not sure if it's just based on the philosophy and training he puts out and everything else I just tolerate but I really like the villain uh, Cam uh, Giganant he is the guy that in real life is a black belt and Krav Maga and can actually fight and I think that does come across quite well in the film um, I've seen him play roles where he's not an arsehole but I do quite like it where he plays arrogant arsehole guy Thoughts. He's the assholest asshole that ever did asshole. He has no redeeming qualities, which is what you want in a villain. I suppose was he even a villain? I mean, I suppose he was. Not really. Not, not really. He he was kind of like a damaged child because his father is clearly abusive. Yeah. And then kind of they have the big fight at the end, and then kind of the the main guy and him kind of just nod like, yeah, respect, bruh. And they're like, yeah, bruh. And I was like, well... Well, how else could it end? It'd just be never-ending fights, and it's like, just kind of leave it at 1-1. One, one. He want to fight, you want to fight. That's about about an ending, ending you can get. <clears throat> it, again, kind of watching it, I was like, this is the most 2000s, most 2000, 2000, 2000s that I ever did 2000 to the soundtrack as well just so many needle drops like it's ridiculous i mean i heard my yeah. chemical romance i'm pretty sure there might have been a zebra head track in there as well which is just peak 2000s to be honest and i was like oh dear 
Would you agree? I was just going to say, would you agree that lead protagonist guy looks a little bit like Tom Cruise? No. No, no I mean like Tom Cruise now. Um, I don't mean Tom Cruise when he was that age. I mean, he looks a bit like Tom Cruise now. I, 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 mm, I hadn't thought that, but sure. I will go with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the director of this, Jeff Wadlow, his next film was Kick-Ass 2, also starring Evan Peters. Evan Peters, that's who it was. I was trying to place him. I was like, I know the face. I know the face. And I couldn't place it. Yeah, it's Evan Peters. It's Yeah, Fox Quicksilver and also also friend guy from the Kick-Ass yes. franchise. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's kind of mad considering he went on to do that. Presumably off the back of this or a couple of years after this, it's a bit... I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? To go from a supporting role to... A more supporting role. Actually, no, that's quite plausible. <laughs> no, I meant the director for Jeff Woodlow to go on to do this from this to then kick ass too. It's a bit like, mm, okay, I don't see the, the kind of connective tissue there, but, but sure. They obviously saw something in him that well, probably cheap, but uh, <laughs> I think that's the box is that he's cheap. He'd worked with one of the actors before. So this film had a $20 million budget. And I bet it didn't make that. Would you say it was... Would you say it was fairly well represented on screen? Yeah. I would say so for a low to mid-budget tier, yeah. I mean, kind of. Probably a lot of that went on probably the opening sequence of of the aerial shots of uh, Orlando and such, or Disneyland as they call it in the film. Because reasons... I thought it was just renting on all those big mansions. Yeah. Hmm. And probably the music. Probably probably the music, to be fair, probably cost a bit. Because My Chemical Romance in 2008 would not have been cheap. Okay. I'd take your word for it. I couldn't even tell you which yeah, song trust it was. Me on this. Well, all right then. I would say your statement is wrong. This did make its money. Actually, on that $20 million budget, it made $41.6 million. So it doubled its money, so that's not bad for what this actually is. That's more profitable than most Steven Seagal films. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I bet you want to know how they made Never Back Down 2 or Never Back Down 3. Never Back Down, No Retreat, No Surrender crossover with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I hope. Fingers crossed. No, um... So the sequel has Evan Peters running the Fight Club, Ugh. and there's a new trainer guy in town who is make Michael J. White, who acts and directs in the film. Of course he does. And then I think, based and I'm literally reading this on Wikipedia, then plot happens, and then the third film is Michael J. White again, and other plot things happening, but I don't think Evan Peters appears. I haven't seen either of them. But I do know that some retired UFC fighters actually appear in the film, so I can only assume that's because they either enjoy this or Michael J. White was enough of a name to pull them in as someone that knows how to fight. I'm not sure. It's odd, but something like this is very much a one and done. I wonder if I wonder if UFC had a bit of a sway and a bit of pull in it as well, the actual company. And it was made in partnership with, so they were able to pull in the names, possibly. 
There is that potential, though mind you the sequel did only have a $5 million budget so the studio clearly wasn't too invested yeah, in no, it. Yeah, no, it's the kind of film that you can make for that kind of money and get a return on easily. $20 million seems a lot actually now for that first one, but then for a theatrical release that's, I mean, like I said, it's probably the music and the needle drops to be honest because some of that was not cheap, I can tell you now. Mm. Well, okay then, so... Do you now want to play the Metacritic game and guess, out of 22 critic reviews, what its Metascore was? Probably about 30, 35. It can't have got a lot, because my word. It was 39. So you're pretty close again. It's not remarkable. It's nothing. It's a bit like the one we watched earlier on. It's a bit like the one we watched earlier on in that it's nothing special it doesn't do anything different it's not reinventing the formula it's just following that formula to a mm. T doesn't do anything different except oh this time is a slight twist because it's mixed martial arts and not karate or uh, or boxing or whatever you know yeah boxing Yeah, I like Variety's tagline best part is the cast everyone's a model Everyone beats each other half to death, and no one looks as if they've ever suffered so much as a cold sore. Yeah, no, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I assume that there was going to be a bit more of a plot line to do with the recording and stuff, but it just, I don't know if they were trying to buy into the whole found footage thing or whatever, but it seems so weird. It released 2008, so you... Vines, Vimeo were quite popular and YouTube was just about to yeah. drop. It's literally that and people just sharing video footage filmed on mobile phones I think at the time was oh this is new and exciting. Well yeah when you think a couple of years before that you had Notorious uh, video that went about uh, well they did a couple of them actually called Bum Fights and that's literally homeless people like beating oh, each other yeah, to yeah, death yeah. and that was available yeah. like VHS and DVD and I suppose as well with like the advent like you say of YouTube and viral video and you think of stuff like uh, probably not to the same extent but you know like gore and shock sites and stuff so yeah I, I, I see your stuff I see your um kind of point there actually to be fair it's just it's it's literally like I said it's the most 2000s 2000 I've ever 2000 it's it's such a time capsule for the wrong reasons. One of the things that stands out of being historically inaccurate, Heaven Peters was in the hospital watching the fight live on his phone. Live streaming would not have been that sufficient on uh, cell data or even existed. It all would have been watching videos after the fact online. But other than that, everything else is completely plausible. <laughs> I absolutely 100 per- did did you not find Amber Heard's acting brilliantness game that showing that she act- uh showing those false emotions and going I care for you I'm very sorry that my boyfriend beat the shit out of you you know using those acting skills which she later drew upon <laughs> in her personal life quite famously this was just like her first attempt at portraying those emotions and she was trying to gaslight him and the guy went fuck you go away and her attempts at gaslighting him to lure him back in. I think it's just an excellent portrayal of her uh, acting prowess right there. I don't know how she ever rose to prominence, I'll be brutally honest with you, based off of that. It's through it's through Johnny, isn't it? It's literally through, it's literally through Johnny, through her marriage, 
a relationship with him because you go you had this you had like a bit part and drive angry she did bit parts in oh god she was in drive angry yeah she's, she's the, the the woman character oh god yeah god i must have been ill that day everyone tends to forget about the things he's in because they're all quite small little roles prior to um Aquaman, I suppose. the personal life stuff in it in it big but yeah if i look up the film filmography she was mandy lane and all the boys love mandy oh, lane yeah. yeah and the same year she was in never back down she was in pineapple express the year following that she was in zombie land and yes. she plays the woman at the start that tries to buy Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. yes. A couple of years after that, she was in like Drive Angry, Machete Kills. So yeah, literally um, little bit parts in films that just didn't do anything at all. Yeah. Wow. There's like three or four parts every year, and I think it was literally this. It was that and her relationship, which kind of helped her career to a degree and anyone that says otherwise is has clearly not watched some of these earlier roles because with this you're like I'd forgot this was her until I was about to press play and I went oh shit it's her I better add in a tag about some of the cast being problematic but she's proud and prominent and central in the box art and I just never clicked it was her it was really really odd it's just one of those things. It's like makes it makes such an impact on you because wow, but yeah, I mean I knew the face when I saw her. I was like I know the face, but I couldn't tell you what from. And then like say the credits started roll rolling. I was like, oh, oh, because <laughs> generally the only thing I think the only thing I've maybe seen her in is Drive Angry and Aquaman. And yeah, I I do not care <laughs> for her, to be honest. Yeah, there's there's not much to to care about. There really, uh, there really isn't. The only question remains, really, is can I trick you into? I mean, encourage you into watching another film with me, hour and a half long. Do you want to push on for one more? And it has another uh, troubled member of cast. This sounds like fun. I am possibly into this. Okay, I will tell you who the director is and nothing more. Okay. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. I know that name. Why do I know the name? Uh, Ocean's Films. Oh, okay. I am intrigued. Yeah. Um, I won't tell you anything more than that other than I've sent you the invite now. All right. You'll have to let me know what you think. Again, this one I saw once and went, that is a really odd film because its main thing, when I tell you afterwards what the main thing is, you're going to be like, that makes sense now. Uh, but I won't tell you what that thing is till at the end of the film. Okay. All right, let's do it. It's 
starting when? Go, go, go! The story will be that she's gone rogue. You can tell me right now why you sold me out, or you can tell me in 10 minutes when I have my hands around your throat. being a woman that would be a mistake so that was haywire hmm <laughs> can you guess what the main driving factor behind that was the main driving factor yeah was it was it the fact that it's Gina Carano in the lead role it was that they wanted realistic fights. Yeah. Mm. Those fights were very realistic, which great for a gritty thing, but for an action movie, it makes it really odd pacing. And yeah, Steven Soderbergh basically went, I want to do a film with Gina Carano. They did a film with Gina Carano, and it appears that no one knows how to do a film with Gina Carano. Um, it's like it's good I think but not as it has moments where there's no music and it's very slow and very deliberate and sort of goes and goes and goes where any other film would cut away and then there's some really cool sort of Ocean's Eleven style musical moments and I can't quite decide whether I like it or not and that's like the second or third time I've seen it and I'm like it's definitely an action film you know it's like an action thriller it's got a lot of big cast names in it but it's very odd I was going to say first thing that kind of happened was when all these people started tearing on the screen I was like what the hell is this cast it's like well it's like Michael Douglas Ewan McGregor Antonio Banderas uh, yeah Bill Paxton Tatum Channing Bill Tatum Paxton. I was like what yep. is this what is this weird film and then yeah like you say it's the opening fight in the bar is great in, and the dinosaur that's great I love that that was an excellent fight with Channing Tatum yep and then you kind of get Coffee to the main to the, face. the main heisty um, rescue mission in Barcelona. Is, in Barcelona, there is no diegetic sound. It's all non-diegetic. So it's all the soundtrack and all the score going in. And it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. And then the editing as well is... It's very odd. It's definitely an action movie, but it's not a conventional one in its style. It's very hmm. much its own thing, but whether that's to its detriment or not, I don't know. What a weird film. That was all the more reason for definitely wanting you to watch that one to go. Mm. They're not all just loud shooting all out things. Some action films can have just moments where it's glacial where it's, where nothing happens. It's very, very odd. That's obviously avoiding the elephant in the room that is Gina Carano but yeah 
Oh yeah, I forgot that he's a famous person in it. But you go Elephant in the Room's Gina Carano, but then we've just discussed Amber Heard and yeah. off the back of Steven Seagal. Yeah. Um like most folk in movies have something following them around. And I don't know whether you should rank them based on what it is following them around. But for kind of, I think it's a second theatrical role to be a leading role. That's pretty good. I think the thing is, right, is that if she'd shut up and not said all of these heinous, horrible fucking things that she said, she could have actually been like a leading role in Hollywood. Because there's still time. Well, probably not now. Hollywood forgives. Hollywood forgives and forgets eventually. Like Mel Mel Gibson's back in films. Well, I don't know with her because of the because of the kind of crowd she's rolling with at the moment, being the ultra hard right, as in sort of like. Because I think her last two films were put out by the Breitbart News Network who are ultra-hard right. It's sort of like, yeah, it kind of tells you. <laughs> it tells you a lot. But, I'm going to say, sometimes they just need to shut up. Anyway. Yeah, we we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might do. $23 million budget. Yeah. It made $34 million. Okay, so it made its money back, sort of... It had some really positive sort of critical reception at the time um, based on the direction, the action and choreography. Obviously, it wasn't a big box office thing. I think this was literally on in cinemas in the UK for like four days because um, I missed it at a cinema. I, I had to wait till DVD release to catch that. I definitely remember seeing trailers for it at the cinema and them selling it as a completely different film. So when you get around to watching it now, you're like, oh, this isn't this isn't at all your, your stereotypical um, action movie, which is what I was kind of expecting, to be brutally honest. When it came up with Haywire, I was like, oh, it's one of those. It's really weird because it's... Because if, if I'm right in serving, right in thinking, the early 2010s were kind of full of stuff like this. Like there was a burned out spy or contractor or whoever, and it's they're trying to get revenge. I, I seem to recall the early 2010s, they had a lot of that because I think even stuff like Hannah that kind of came out around the same time. It was an action film, but it wasn't same year, like necessarily. I think Hannah was the same much. year, wasn't it? I'm just skimming through a lot of the reviews, mm. they're all really positive. Um, sort of all the press things I've heard are all quite don't really have too much bad to say but I think a lot of that's because it's Steven Sodenberg doing something a little bit different mm. bearing in mind he would have recently have done like Ocean's Eleven and a few other bits and pieces I think that may have helped him with momentum mm. so I'm going to say meta, meta critic meta score wise this is a 67 so quite positive 67 Mm. Yeah, that's that seems completely fair, to be honest. We go for an action film, that's pretty good praise. Mm. That it's it's not often you get a, a high score. Any 
you think most of Van Damme's were like what about 40s or 50s if memory serves yeah Cigars don't even qualify for Metacritic ratings in recent years so <laughs> to have an action film come out as like a 67 that's that's pretty solid I think what helps it is that it's kind of followed on from the Bourne films so it's kind of around the era where they where people wanted that more realistic gritty edge but I was going to say this is nowhere near as frenetic as a yes, Bourne film though. that's exactly what I was going to say um, the thing with Haywire is that it's actually shot, so you can actually see what's going on, as opposed to the, um, yeah, the Bourne stuff with it all sh- kind of shaky cam to really kind of drive home the impact and things like that. But arguably, with good sound design, you can manage that well. And arguably, that's what they did with Haywire, because the the yeah. choreography and stuff was pretty convincing, to be brutally honest with you. And obviously, where they've taken the. Uh, the more realistic approach with it having a former I want to say she was MMA possibly was she MMA fighter yeah she was a a UFC champion yeah so having a former UFC champion as well doing their own stunts and stuff as well kind of really leans heavily into that so yeah well so a couple of funny behind the scenes stories um in the bedroom fight where Fastbender attacks her he slams her head into a wall. Um, he actually accidentally did that for real. And her split second reaction of grabbing a vase and smashing over his face was unscripted and was genuine. Just she <laughs> lost her shit for a moment, smacked him around the head with a vase. But fast Bender kept going. And at the end of the taking that, she was like, I'm so sorry, I'm all fired. Fast Bender was like, no, no, it was bloody brilliant. Um, he was just into it. Then there's a scene later on where Ewan McGregor punched her, um, accidentally punched her for real. That they got the tape, they cut, and it was like, he's like, are you all right? She's like, yeah, I didn't really feel it. And she was more worried about him because it really looked like he punched her wrong and hurt his hand. <laughs> um, you're just like, it's just quite funny to be like, yeah, you've hired a professional fighter and, and these actors that do a bit of fighting were were worried about hurting her and it was more likely that she was going to cause damage to them which I <laughs> thought was quite quite a genuine sort of um, twist so to speak yeah especially given Seagal yeah again I think I like this film <laughs> it's hard to tell I think it's one of those no. one and done so I think I'd watch it once and then that would be it that that would be I probably wouldn't need to watch it again to be honest no like there's some standout moments I, I remember from when I last saw it and they kind of delivered this time around but it's been a long time since I've seen it but again the goal here is to show you a full spectrum of action and it's not all just Michael Bay explosions mm. you know some of it can be slower can be filmed um, coherently naturally yeah <laughs> you know they don't all have to be uh, crazy set pieces mm. it can just be a woman throwing a plate at a guy's head um, yeah so that now concludes our evening of action because at the time of recording it's coming up to 8pm how have you found today's movie films 
That's been good. It's been a real sort of mixed bag. We've gone from completely batshit bonkers Michael Bay explosion esque to uh to, to to mixed martial arts. It's been a real sort of changing and evolving sort of journey along the mm. way. It's very strange. It kind of different facets of of action really opened my eyes there because generally I I think of action and I just generally think of just the big explosions you know and there's nothing wrong with that but every yeah. now and again you've got to get down and dirty and nitty and gritty you know oh ab- absolutely like you can't beat a good explosion does mean we're drawing ever closer to our finale I have one maybe two more films and then we're into our, our finale. Um, I'm thinking on our way to a finale, we might have to stop by a couple of ensemble pieces just for you to see what's happening this decade. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan if I ever heard yeah. one. Excellent. Based on that, then, you best drop some social media plugs and that whilst I go reload the rifle. <laughs> So, thank you very much for listening, everybody, to the campaign of action number five. <laughs> what are you thinking? Are, are, are we ready to hop off, hop off, or are we ready to jump back on the express once more into the breach? Get in contact with us. I think we're still on Twitter at this point, slash x, slash spacecaron.com. Uh, as at anyone podcast. Uh, definitely on Facebook, search for us, you will find us. Longer rants, rums, considerations, and arguably the best place to get us at the moment is via email, and that is anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Uh, there's Twitch streams as well, twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast. There may be one coming up towards the end of the campaign of action, maybe in an addendum. We'll see if we can get it to fit in with timings and such. But the most important thing to do is leave us a like, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us grow the podcast and we can reach more ears and such like. Now, clip wise, what are we going to leave people with? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Been such a broad spectrum today, hasn't it? Do you know what? Hmm. Given, given, um, I think the film before this one was mid-2000s, like, new metal and stuff. Why don't we leave people with... Do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'd probably get copyright struck, but I don't care. I'm going to leave people with Teenagers by My Chemical Romance because that song slaps, and that is the first time I heard it in a long time in um, Never Back Down, so we'll leave people with that.
fair enough. Never back down, no retreat, no surrender. Quaid! That's the wrong film entirely. Fuck. Yeah. Quaid! Get your ass to Mars! <laughs> 